please take your Bible, turn to Revelation chapter 10 this morning. Uh, Revelation chapter 10 uh, this morning. Uh, very interesting chapter. This is the chapter in which uh, John is commanded to eat the little book. Brother Ray, we'll talk about that. Uh, there's some um, controversies or maybe Mike debates is a better word about certain things uh, within this chapter. So um, uh, other thing that's worth noting is that this does seem to be a sort of uh, parentheses on the timeline. We've seen one of those already. Of course, we have several sort of, we've called them parenthetical chapters uh, in, in Revelation. So the timeline is moving along and then there's sort of a pause in the timing and the Lord uses that to uh, reveal some, some other things. Uh, but let's stop and consider for a moment um, what we've seen up to this point. So we've seen the first six uh, trumpet judgments, the first six trumpet judgments. If you wanna make a note just to summarize, and I, I encourage you uh, to make notes, um, in chapters eight uh, and nine, uh, we've seen the first six of the so-called trumpet judgments, the first one uh, being in chapter 8, uh, a judgment that will affect nature. The uh, Lord will send fire with hail to destroy the vegetation. Uh, so you can make a note of vegetation, destruction of vegetation, perhaps. Also, in chapter 8, we've seen the second trumpet judgment, uh, the seawaters uh, to be affected by a fiery mountain being thrown into the sea. Mike, we think that probably is the Mediterranean Sea. Um, you know, that would be the sea that would be familiar to people in the first century in, in this area. Uh, John's writing from the Isle of Patmos, we believe, and so that, that would be in, in the Mediterranean also. Uh, some naval action uh, taking place overnight, I understand, in the Mediterranean, uh, off the shores of uh, Israel and, and Gaza. So that, that's the area of, of focus here, uh, it would seem. Uh, the third trumpet judgment, also in chapter 8, star named Wormwood falls to the waters, making the waters bitter. Uh, we saw that. We considered the meaning of that. That's uh, the third trumpet judgment, the star named Wormwood. Uh, do you remember, Zach, what Wormwood means? Bitter. bitter. Yeah, it has that idea. Uh, and then the fourth trumpet judgment, also in chapter 8, um, um, the Lord will smite heavenly bodies, cause darkness on the earth. Uh, so darkness, and we, remember we noticed how some of these um, judgments uh, seem to parallel the, the judgments or plagues of Egypt when the Lord was dealing with Pharaoh. It's very interesting. Uh, we, we were careful to say that while the plagues of Egypt in Exodus were literal historical events, the Lord worked supernaturally in history to literally bring those things to pass as historical events that they might also foreshadow certain aspects of the tribulation. And so uh, we saw that, we, we considered that a little bit. Uh, in chapter 9, the fifth trumpet judgment, also called the first woe, right? The fifth trumpet judgment, Satan falls from heaven, unleashes a demonic army, it would seem, from the abyss. Uh, so that's chapter 9, the fifth trumpet judgment. Chapter 9, also the sixth, the second woe, uh, an army of 200, 200 what? Thousand? Hello? <laughs> Is it 200, 200,000? What was the number? 200? 200 million, an army of 200 million. It was 200,000, thousand, which would be 200 million, Mike. We talked about how um, today there is a nation 
um, on the earth that could, uh, in theory, raise up an army of 200 million. That'd be, um, which country? China, yeah, they have a population of more than 1.4 billion, and uh, we said, Brother Ray, they would have to conscript about 15% of their population. Uh, the United States conscripted about 12% of its population during World War II, so that's, you know, obviously many more people, but uh, in terms of the proportion or, or portion of a nation, it's, it's theoret theoretically possible um, their army today is, I say, only about a million, or forgive me, two million, uh, two million. That's a very large army. It's the largest army on the earth, but uh, in theory, they, they could scale. It, it is a nation that could scale its army uh, to 200 million and still function as a nation. Um, the seventh trumpet judgment will be opened in the next chapter in, in Revelation 11. Uh, but we have some things, a, a little bit of a parenthesis to, to see and, and deal with here uh, in chapter 10. And so uh, let's jump right in here. Uh, Revelation 10, verse 1, <clears throat> John sees another mighty angel, Brother Mike, and there's a debate about the identity of this mighty angel. Is it the Lord Jesus Christ uh, or is it an angel is, is the debate. Uh, Revelation 10, verse 1, John writes, And I saw another mighty angel. Now, we know it says angel. Uh, come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, uh, and a rainbow was upon his head. That's very interesting, because we, we know there's a rainbow where? Uh, in, in the heavenly throne room, it, it would seem. Uh, and so this is consistent with the place and, and the, the person or persons of, of the heavenly throne room. Uh, in his, uh, and his face, there we go, uh, was as it were the sun uh, and his feet as pillars of fire. Uh, and he had in his hand a little book open. He set his right foot upon the sea uh, and his left foot on the earth, um, perhaps uh, visualizing authority uh, or, or breadth of authority. Now, I think if you only had those verses... Brother Gary, if we only had those verses, I'd probably look at that, those verses and say, well, it says mighty angel, but boy, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure that's not Christ himself. If we only had these verses, I'd look at things like um, his face was as it were the sun, uh, and I'd compare that back to chapter 1, verse 16. Go there real fast. Uh, chapter 1, verse 16 is pretty clearly uh, speaking uh, of Christ. Chapter 1, verse 16. Um, uh, he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as, here it is, was as the sun uh, shineth uh, in, in his strength. So, you know, I'd look at things like that and say, well, there's, there's similarity in language, similarity in description of appearance, it's not a perfect overlap, though. We see uh, feet as pillars of fire versus brass. So there are some differences also. Uh, so I see some commonality uh, or similarity in language that describes this angel uh, and the language that very definitely describes Christ. So, you know, it causes me to at least consider the possibility, is, is this Christ? Uh, or is this an angel? Uh, let me do this. Let me go just a little bit further. Um, let me go just a little bit further, and we'll come back to this question uh, in just a moment. He had in his hand a little book, verse 2, 
Uh, we saw that, verse 3, he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. When he hath cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. So we'll come back and consider that also. When the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. You saw them, you heard them, but don't you dare write them down. Uh, and then verse six, and swear by him. So this, this mighty angel swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are, uh, and the earth, and the things that therein are, and the sea, and the things which, there, which are therein, that there should uh, be time no longer. Uh, now, by the time I get down to verse 6, um, I, or, or when I see verse 6, uh, Mike, I, I start to question, um, is this really Christ, or is this an angel that might be swearing by Christ? Um, there's, uh, people have taken different positions. Uh, but I wonder if Christ would swear by himself. Uh, I wonder if he would swear by himself. Some might take that position. I personally wonder about that. Uh, this one, swear by him that liveth forever and ever. Now, he seems there in verse 6 to be referring to someone who is not him. Uh, the language, the grammar there um, gives us some clues, I think. Verse 6 says, he swear by him that liveth forever and ever. Um, the language, the grammar would suggest that he's not swearing by himself, but rather by swearing by or according to uh, someone who is not him. Does it absolutely rule out the possibility that this is Christ here? No, I don't think it absolutely rules it out, but it, it gives me, uh, it make, just makes me stop and wonder. Perhaps, perhaps this is a mighty angel, uh, as, as the, John actually records, um, who comes in the power and authority of Christ, um, uh, communicating the message of Christ, uh, coming in, in, in you know, setting a foot on two parts of the earth, uh, picturing the authority of the one who has sent him uh, and swearing by the one who, who has sent him. Uh, I think that would be probably where I would land on this. If you have a different position, that's, that's fine. Uh, there are some difficulties, certainly, in the book of Revelation, but uh, to me it seems, uh, more, given um, the language, uh, given uh, the fact that he's swearing by the, the one who is Christ, uh, I think it's probably more likely that this is, in fact, an angel. Uh, and so that would be my position. Uh, it is exactly as John writes, another mighty angel. Zach also think that phrase right there probably points at the fact that it's, it's a literal angel. Um, I, don't, I don't know that Christ would be described as just another mighty angel. Sure, it's a mighty angel, um, but uh, this seems to be another of the same kind or, or similar type is, is what's in view here grammatically also. And so we're looking at the grammar, we're looking at the words. Certainly there's similarity in the description um, the, the face, as it were, the sun, and so forth. But uh, this would be consistent with the idea that this angel is sent in the power and authority of Christ uh, and, and with the message of Christ. And so that's kind of where I would land on this. Again, if, if you had a different view, that, that, uh, that's, that's, 
something that can uh, and will be settled uh, in heaven, certainly. And that's, that's okay. Um, that's quite okay. Let's, let's look again at verse 3, because this is another difficulty. So, Brother Ray, we understand the book of Revelation is filled with challenges and difficulties. And one of the good things about this causes us to stop and slow down and, and really chew and, and pray and uh, think about Scripture, comparing Scripture with Scripture, uh, really stop and, and prayerfully considering what, what is it that we're seeing here. Um, verses 3 and 4 are you know two, two more <laughs> verses where... Uh, it's challenging, but let's take a look. Verse 3, uh, we read it. Let's see it again. The seven thunders. So this mighty angel cried with a loud voice, uh, as when a lion roareth, and when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Um, Zach, the um, giving forth of, of messages would be consistent with the role of a literal angel, right? They're messengers and ministers of the Lord. Uh, he cries with the voice of a lion. When he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Um, so thunder is is what? What th when you think about thunder, what what do you think of, Brother Ray? Is it is it a gentle, a casual thing? Uh, normally, it startles you, right? Unless it's one of those kind of gentle rolling thunders that come in as the rain is just gently waffling down. Uh, but a lot of times, thunder will startle us, right? It seems to kind of come out of nowhere. It's like boom, crash, uh, that that kind of uh, experience. And so that's uh, that's sort of what I hear. Uh, seven thunders, uh, like a lion roareth. Um, uh, so I don't, I don't think these thunders are associated with something comforting uh, or, or something that would be peaceful. Seems to be uh, the language of thunder would be more consistent with additional judgment, right? Uh, so I think what's happening here, and uh, honestly, this, this would just be a theory, but, but I think it's a theory that fits the context and the language uh, that, that's being used. What have we seen up to this point? The Lord's describing judgments uh, that will be poured out. Zach, do you remember the three buckets of judgments that we've seen so far? Uh, or, or maybe a couple of them. Obviously, we have trumpets, right? Uh, we have vials. Can anyone give me another one? What is it? Seals. And they're alphabetical, right? So we made that observation last week. Uh, seals, trumpets, vials. That would be sort of the hierarchy uh, of, of the judgments. Uh, seals contain uh, trumpets and, and then vials. Uh, and you know, are, these, are these literal things? Well, they, they seem to be symbolic language that the Lord is using to picture uh, to picture and sort of describe a hierarchy of the various literal judgments that he's, uh, he's going to pour out. So it's, it's poetic language that's being used to picture literal events um, in the future. Um, and so I would say, given that, uh, given the language of thunders and given the context of a program of judgments that uh, this, this does seem to be some additional program or part of the program uh, of judgments that the Lord will pour out. He cried a loud voice as when a lion roareth, when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Uh, and when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, uh, John says, I was about to write. Well, sure. <laughs> the Lord has given him visions of, 
uh, a whole series, Brother Ray, of, of tribulation judgment, uh, and, and he's had him to write them down. The Holy Spirit has moved him to write them down, and so he figures, well, okay, uh, I'm hearing seven more judgments, I, I think is the idea, uh, and he's, he's ready to write them down, but the Lord says, whoa, no, uh, these you're not going to reveal. When the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, uh, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, seal up those things uh, which the seven thunders uttered uh, and write them not. Do, do not write them down. Um, so I think the idea here is that there are seven additional types or forms of judgment uh, that John, John was going to write, but the Lord said, no, do, do not reveal these things. These um, will not be revealed. Um, I wonder why. Do you wonder why? I mean, if our interpretation is right. Um, by the way, why seven? <laughs> uh, we have uh, the seven perfections of the Holy Spirit that we believe we've seen, which would be a, a reference back to um, that language in Isaiah that we've looked at. Uh, and now seven thunders. There's, there's certainly significance, um, perfect or complete, uh, a series of, of, of judgments that are perfect for God's purposes at this time and, and complete, they will be completed um, as, as uh, when the time comes. Uh, but I wonder, gentlemen, if you have any theories as to why the Lord did not permit John to write these things down. Any thoughts? Any thoughts? Um, well, it's interesting. Uh, it, it's interesting. Um, we'll find out. We'll find out when, when the tribulation begins. Um, it's, it's just very interesting. There are certain things, Brother Ray, that people, people will be able to open up the book of Revelation and, and kind of line up what they're experiencing during the tribulation to what the book says. Uh, and people will be able to point, and they'll be able to point, and they'll be able to point and say, listen, sure enough, this is what was prophesied by John 2,000 years plus ago. Uh, and this is what we're seeing in the, in the world today, uh, quite remarkably. And people, some people might say, yeah, but, but this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing, these seven things maybe, uh, they're not in there. Uh, and so I'm not sure I'm buying it. And, and, but then you might be able to come and say, well, look, uh, in chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, there's, there's seven thunders, maybe seven things, uh, seven judgments, uh, seven events that... Uh, the Lord did not allow John to write for, for whatever reason. Uh, and so uh, something like that might, might be in view here. Uh, those who will be tempted not to believe because they don't see everything that they see literally described. Um, and, and then you know, we'll be able to look here and say, yeah, but there were certain things that the Lord did not allow John to write. Uh, and so this would be an explanation that um, would be... Uh, very credible uh, and believable, I, I believe. That's, that's a good theory, at least. Brother Ray, we're theorizing a little bit. We don't, um, all, all we can say is what the, what the word says. Um, it's just a little bit of a theory here. Uh, the Lord, uh, Lord will reveal all of these things in his time. Uh, see this, this oath that the angel swears or, or takes um, the angel takes an oath in verses 5, 6, 7. We saw this, but see it again. The angel which I saw stand in the sea 
uh, and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear, as in taking an oath of allegiance, uh, by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven uh, and the things that are therein and the earth and the things that are therein and the sea uh, and the things that are therein, that there should be time no longer. Uh, I think the idea at the end there, time no, no more delay. Uh, no more delay in carrying out the things that will be revealed from, from this point forward. Uh, this angel is on the scene uh, uh, announcing judgment uh, and uh, taking an oath in the... By the way, who is he taking an oath in the name of? Who is the one that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and all things that are therein and the earth? Mike? Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that would be literally a, a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, the one in whose name the oath is being taken. I know that God the Father is eternal, and he's not the same as the Son. I know that God the Spirit is eternal. He's not the same as the Son. They're all eternal, and they all cooperated at creation. But the Bible does major on, well, really, that the Son and, and the Spirit working uh, in creation. Uh, John portrays Christ as, as having a primary role in creation. Uh, we know that the Spirit moved across the, the face of the waters at, at creation, obviously has a, uh, a, a, a role uh, in creation as well. But boy, you, you look at this language and it's, it's no doubt that he's, he's, he's swearing or taking an oath of allegiance uh, in the name of Christ um, that uh, th these things will be carried out without delay. That's a very serious oath, uh, no, no doubt. Uh, again, I personally think it's unlikely that Christ will be swearing this in his own name. It just the language and the grammar lead me away from that idea and to the idea this is this is literal angel. Uh, Brother Ray, again, Lord will make clear things that are not clear to us today. And we will just have to be patient as we patiently wait for the rapture. Uh, we'll, we'll know for sure. Uh, but it's either Christ or an angel swearing uh, that uh, there'll be no more delay. The, 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 the program will continue. The program of, of causing people to wake up spiritually and to see Christ, the gospel, uh, to come to him, it will proceed now. Uh, verse 7 um, when the angel proceeds, the, the return of Christ will be at hand. Uh, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, uh, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished uh, as he has declared to uh, his servants, the prophets. There's, there's some difficulty here, but the idea of the mystery of God being finished, I think would be consistent with the, the idea of the return of Christ. Uh, turn over to chapter 11. Just flip over to chapter 11 for a moment. Uh, we'll see, compare this quickly to verses 14 and 15. Uh, 11, 14 says, The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. Uh, no more delay. Verse 15, And the seventh angel sounded, uh, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of the world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And so, uh, language does seem to be consistent with the, 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 the coming of Christ quickly now. The program of judgment will be completed. Uh, it will be completely finished at his second coming at Armageddon, where he puts down the foes 
uh, of Israel. By the way, you can't help but think about that over the last 24 hours, right? You've got um, Hezbollah forces streaming into Israel by uh, land, sea, and air, uh, warring against people in southern villages, uh, southern Israel. Uh, you had some uh, conflict with uh, Hezbollah in the north, uh, in uh, Lebanon also. Um, and, you know, that's, Brother Mike, you, you can't help but see that and say, you know, this is, this is just a little hint at what's coming in the tribulation. Uh, all the armies of the world will be arrayed against Israel. Right now they've got an enemy in the southeast. They've got an enemy in the, in the north, uh, both kind of coming at them. Certainly the south is far more serious at this point at least. Um, but it's, it's just a hint. Gary, do you have a thought? Oh, you certainly, you certainly can. That, that's an excellent point. Uh, there's no doubt that Iran is, is funding and coordinating the whole thing. Uh, there's no doubt about that at all. That's an excellent point, Gary. Uh, I, don't, I don't know to what extent Russia may have involvement, but I would not be the least bit surprised. Um, they, well, it, through Syria, right. And, and there's certainly potential for uh, certain Syrian elements to come into the equation. Um, from the Northeast before this is over, right. Um, we consider Gog and Magog in, in prophecy and how that pretty clearly alludes to Russia. Uh, and so, yeah, this is, this is not the tribulation. <laughs> this is not the tribulation, but boy, these events, um, they, they clearly hint at, they're just a, a little hint of, of what is coming. And, uh, Yeah, so, right, the, the defense of the Temple Mount is one of the reasons that um, are, are given um, uh, by the Gazan forces, Hamas, to, uh, to come in. And, right, there have been some minor, what I would characterize as minor annoyances to Muslims at the, the Temple Mount. Um, they don't call it that, of course, in recent days. But, you know, that's... It's, <laughs> I had to not laugh, but smirk a little bit over the past 24 hours. The media were saying this kind of invasion into Israel is unprecedented in history. Well, in the last 40 years, sure, but not so much in 73 and 67 and then 586 BC also. Yeah, forces came in and, and destroyed uh, Jerusalem. Uh, so not, not really, uh, not really unprecedented, but certainly unprecedented in um, the last 40 years. Uh, we'll pray. Uh, we'll pray. Uh, is the stage being set for the rapture and the tribulation? I've been saying that for a long time. Uh, stage is being set for the rapture uh, and the tribulation. It certainly um, would appear that way. There is, Brother Ray, more and more chaos in the world today. Uh, even in our own government, our Congress cannot function today because of the chaos um, that, that has occurred here in the past week. It's not functioning. Um, and so there's, there, there's chaos around the world tonight. Zach, the world needs a solution for all this chaos that is everywhere. Well, there's one coming who's going to pop up and come on the scene, and he'll have a solution for all of this chaos. He'll... He'll have a solution for conflict about the Temple Mount. 
Uh, he'll be the solution for all this conflict that's everywhere in, in the world. Uh, he'll be the solution for Russian aggression. Uh, he'll have a wonderful, what will appear to be a wonderful solution. I have no doubt this morning the stage is being set. Look at verse 8 here. Uh, this is uh, interesting language. John is commanded to go and take the, a little book from the angel and to eat it. Uh, the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea uh, and upon the earth. And so uh, this would appear to be uh, some revelation, uh, written revelation that's being given to John. It seems like up to this point, um, mostly or ex exclusively or mostly, John's having visions and recording them down as the Holy Spirit moves him here. It seems like Brother Mike, the Lord, kind of changes it for, for a moment. He's, there's a little book that's going to reveal things to him, which uh, initially seem good. Uh, they, uh, verse 9, I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it up and eat it. Uh, it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. So initially, it seems like there's something good about it. But then shortly after that, uh, no, not really so good. Kind of like Rich, if you ate too much uh, candy, initially it seemed really good, but after that it kind of came after you. That's, that's the picture here, right? Initially, he, he's, he's hopeful about what he sees, but then uh, not so much. Um, and there's different theories about what's in there that um, might seem good initially, uh, but then kind of upset the tummy? What, 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 what might it be? Um, Dr. Sorensen, who, as you know, I read a lot. He'll be here uh, in the spring, Lord willing. By the way, he's the speaker at the uh, annual couples retreat at Central next month also. Uh, he is their speaker. He's written a lot about marriage and family, uh, several books uh, uh, on that topic, and been married for 40 or 50 years, I, I don't know, I forget exactly, but um, he notes that perhaps what seems good but then is upsetting is what we see in the next chapter. In chapter 11, you see the two witnesses coming um, who are used so greatly by the Lord, uh, but then they're killed and their bodies are desecrated. So that would seem like a wonderful thing at first, like, Boy, this candy is delicious. Uh, but then after that, oh, uh, uh, wow. Uh, and so this, this might be the idea. It's being revealed to John that the two witnesses are coming, but then they're killed in this very horrific manner. Take it up and eat it. It shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. So uh, apparently the Lord uses written words as well as visions. Uh, John obeys, verse 10, I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey, uh, but as soon as I had eaten it, my belly uh, was bitter. Uh, my belly was, was bitter. Um, we're reminded of other similar accounts. Um, Ezekiel received instruction to eat the scroll uh, that regarded the Lord's judgment on Jerusalem, uh, we've seen that recently, Ezekiel 3 and verse 1, um, take in the truth, chew on it, digest it, 
Uh, get, get it down in there. Know, know this truth that well. Chew on it. Get it into you. Uh, but that was difficult truth also. That was uh, difficult truth regarding uh, the judgment of Jerusalem. And so, again, it's a theory. What might be the case is that he's initially encouraged about the ministry of the two witnesses that we'll see, but when he comes to a more complete knowledge of, of their end, it, it, would, it would upset the stomach, might be the idea. Um, verse 11, he, the angel, said unto me, thou must prophesy uh, again before many peoples and nations and tongues uh, and, and kings. He's instructed that he must prophesy uh, well, how, how is he going to do that? What's he going to do? Well, he's going to get those written words, uh, to the extent the Lord will allow him to, uh, down and to share them with people through the word of God. And, and perhaps what he has seen there is what we will see in the next chapter, uh, chapter 11. Uh, Brother Ray, I would say at least that makes sense. Uh, that, that makes good sense. Uh, Lord says, take this. Uh, you're, you're going to eat it. Sure, it's, it's ultimately going to be somewhat upsetting, but uh, you, you need to give forth what you, what you have read, what you've seen in, in this book. And um, he's been immediately obedient up to this point, and so sharing those words in the next chapter, I think, would be consistent with his idea of being, uh, the, uh, his example of being immediately obedient. So, um, that's, that's a good working theory. Uh, it does fit. Um, some, some things here we, we can't be absolutely sure, sure of. I can't, you know, jump up and down and be absolutely dogmatic and insist that you see everything exactly as I do in, in Revelation because uh, it is challenging. There are some difficulties. Uh, good people have taken good positions uh, or different positions on, on different things, but uh, where things are difficult and open to a fair amount of interpretation. I'm, Mike, I'm going to say that uh, and be very honest about that, not demand that people see things exactly as I do. Uh, I think that's, that's the right approach. Uh, let's stop there. We'll pray. Father, thank you, uh, Lord, for this chapter. Uh, we're not discouraged or frustrated, Lord, that, that some of these things are difficult. Lord, they, they cause us to... Uh, to chew on your words, to uh, prayerfully consider them, to look to you uh, for guidance in our understanding, uh, and Lord, to recognize uh, once again this morning that uh, you are so much higher than we are. Uh, you have a perfect understanding of all things, and we do not. Uh, Lord, I pray that where um, we might be a little unsettled and uh, about not having a, a settled uh, understanding of, of a passage, a verse, uh, Lord, that uh, that would be uh, a prompt to just continue studying and praying and uh, reading and allowing you to work through your words and uh, recognizing, Lord, that you, uh, you have a purpose, no doubt, for not revealing uh, certain things. You did not allow John to uh, reveal the content of those seven thunders. You have a purpose for that. We may wonder about that, but I pray this morning you help us not to be frustrated about that. Uh, Lord, for that matter, help us not be frustrated about any aspect of Scripture that we struggle with, but to uh, just be prompted again to study and to pray and to pray and to study uh, and to look to you. Uh, Lord, we know this morning we have the Spirit who leads us into a common understanding of your words. 
Uh, Father, we uh, know this morning that even when things are difficult, uh, to understand that the Holy Spirit can and does work through your words. Uh, Father, this morning we stand in awe of your plan to reach your people. Uh, it's difficult for us to accept at times. It's certainly difficult to understand at times. But you know, Lord, what it will take uh, to reach uh, some people once and for all. And so we thank you, uh, Lord, that you've seen fit to reveal uh, these things uh, to us. Uh, Father, I know that um, as these words are taken up during the tribulation period, people, people will understand. Uh, and we thank you this morning that many will come to you. Lord, you're a wonderful God. We thank you so much. We pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. He's the only God. We'll be back here shortly.